spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It may be chilly and windy, but at least it's the temperature is as warm as it was on Monday. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, senior climatologist David Phillips outlines his top 10 weather stories for 2022. The prairies had their share with number three, the drenching rain in Manitoba and eastern Saskatchewan, and number nine, record-breaking cold last December and January. Will we what we hear in a year from now? The president of SARM weighs in on Ottawa's study on the future of farming. The dispute over dairy imports between the U.S. and Canada rises ever further. There's an update on the cattle markets, and the farm weather is in its usual spot at the... This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The top weather story in 2022 was the arrival of Tropical Storm Fiona in the Maritimes in September. The chief climatologist with Environment Canada, David Phillips, says the second top story was a massive windstorm in Quebec and Ontario that cost over $1 billion in loss. The third biggest weather story was heavy spring rains, which drenched Manitoba and parts of eastern Saskatchewan during seeding. Every year we have, you know, a surplus of stories, weather stories, you know, some good or some bad that couldn't make the list. The number one story this year was furious Fiona strikes eastern Canada. I mean, we saw the most powerful storm in history in Canada in terms of the central pressure. And Fiona was a Category 4 hurricane in the Atlantic. When it reached Nova Scotia and into the Gulf of St. Lawrence and Newfoundland, it was a post-tropical depression but still had winds over 165 kilometers per hour. Took down just massive amounts of trees and 600,000 people without power. And some, you know, weeks later were without power. So it was really a a lot of rain associated with it, but the strong winds, the storm surge, and really took out a lot of permanent kind of tourist attractions. I mean, you know, rocks and beaches that and you don't repair those. I mean, they're gone for decades. So that was the number one. Number two was also a windstorm, but in, in Ontario and Quebec, it was a direco, a straight line winds, a family of these that just tracked across the, the Ontario, Quebec, Costa 
a billion dollars in terms of property losses, but nobody could put a price on the loss of a tree. That tree in your front yard that provided comfort and, and shade and, and beauty and hammock, uh, hammock positions, uh, uh, no, those are gone and, um, and, 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 you know, they won't be, it'll be a century before those are replaced. But a big hit, a lot of power outages, over a million people lost power. And in parts of Ottawa, for example, they had more power outages. The cost was greater than the ice storm of, of 20 years ago and the family of tornadoes that occurred in 2019. Number three story was in Manitoba. Manitoba's big wet, the drenching spring that it had. And it was really just too much snow, too much spring rain, just parade after Colorado lows just coming in. And it ended up, Winnipeg had their wettest year on record. And, um, and, and it was really a contrast to Manitoba farmers for two years for the two years prior to that, we're talking about the drought, a record drought, epic drought, and then now to have the wettest year in, in Winnipeg's history and in many places in Manitoba. Now, some of the other storms um, or other events, um, uh, number... Um, uh, the, the, the number nine story was the record-breaking cold across the, the prairies at the end of December of last year and the beginning of, um, of January. Uh, we saw uh, wind chill values that were in the minus 50s. In Regina, we had record-breaking temperatures. And, hey, apparently you couldn't even skate on the Regina's biggest outdoor skating rink. I mean, it was too, too, too lethal to get out there and, and face the cold. A lot of killed car batteries and, and power outages and and also, people spend a lot of money on on heating their homes just to um, to to stay f- uh, safe, uh, comfortable. I think the other other kind of stories on the, on the, in the West was was of course about the superstorms on the prairies in July, the number of tornadoes in Saskatchewan. I think we caught it 24 in total this year, more than any other province in the prairies. And and they weren't big guys, but they were enough. And in some days, uh, you had six or seven, a family of them that came out. Uh, the forest fire season was big um, on the, uh, in, in British Columbia to some degree, but also in Newfoundland. In, in, in Saskatchewan, it didn't seem so bad. The area burnt was they put 270,000 hectares, where that's about half of what they normally would, um, would see. So a lot of clipper storms came through and just brought some precipitation, which is good at times. I mean, people cursing about the weather, it's not always everybody. Is Sometimes farmers are blessing it when it provides that kind of needed moisture for what had been prior to that some dry years. And then, of course, we saw some cold weather at the end of the year, beginning part of November. We saw 50 temperature records in Alberta and Saskatchewan, 50 to 60 temperature records. Minimum temperature records were broken because of how cold and, and, uh, and, and wintry-like it, it was. David Phillips is a senior climatologist with Environment. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Conexus Credit Union. The Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities is unhappy with the tax change made by the province. Rural municipalities in Saskatchewan previously had the ability to tax commercial property at nine times the rate that they've been allowed to tax agricultural property. That ratio has now been lowered to seven times the rate. SARM President Ray Orb says the change has been too drastic and will shift the tax burden to agricultural properties. 
Orb also has some concerns about Ottawa's new consultation process on the future of farming. The federal government says the online consultation period on sustainable agriculture will be open to input until the end of March, with the hope of developing a strategy by the end of next year. Orb says SARM will look at the issue in the new year. Yes, we did notice uh, the federal minister uh, has uh, has opened up a consultation on this, and uh, I think we haven't had a real good chance to look at it yet, but we'll be looking at it early in the new year. But, you know, I guess a little bit of a concern. We're wondering why, you know, the federal government is looking at perhaps putting more regulations on, on farmers and, and ranchers, you know, across the country, including you know, the ones that are in Saskatchewan. And we're not sure this is a route that the federal government needs to go. It's kind of a catchphrase, you know, to be sustainable. But you know what? I think we have we have farmers and ranchers that are really responsible right now that are doing a lot uh, as far as uh, benefit to the environment and things like that. You know, we're sequestering carbon, carbon both on the crop side and, and on the pasture side. So I'm not sure why the federal government is doing. We know that they always seem to have a strong uh, mandate. Thinking, you know, about the environment, which is okay, but putting more regulations in, uh, I don't think I don't think it will fly. However, we see other organizations across the country, some in our own province, that seem to think it's a good idea. And so we'll be weighing in for sure on the issue. So you will be making a presentation to her consultation process. Definitely, we will be. Uh, we'll be meeting uh, in the new year. We have an agriculture and economy committee that we'll be looking at, and also our SARM board will be looking at it probably around the third week of January. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture co-chairs the Federal Agriculture Sustainable Study, which wraps up at the end. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Well, COP15 in Montreal is completed. The historic agreement, as has been described, has been signed by some of the participating nations. And what does all this mean for agriculture? I've definitely got some questions. The person with some answers is Pierre Patel. He is president and CEO of CropLife Canada. Pierre, great to chat with you. Great to chat with you, Sean. Thanks for having me. Uh, overall, as you look at this, how does this impact agriculture in Canada, potentially what's been signed by uh, Canada and other nations? Yeah, well, I think uh, what's more interesting from this agreement than, than, than anything is really what what could have potentially been in there that would have definitely had an impact on agriculture. And so I think we in agriculture can all breathe a bit of a sigh of relief uh, today um, compared to uh, if some of the original proposed text had been, uh, had remained in the, uh, in the final version. Europe uh, had some very, very strong uh, proposals in there in, in early drafts that uh, that would have been extremely problematic for uh, for countries like ours that are highly uh, highly agriculture dependent. And uh, and luckily, in the end, um, the science prevailed, and 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 the Canadian delegation, as well as delegations from different parts of the world, um, basically stood. Uh, 
stood up against some of that and 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 uh, and, and let the science uh, prevail so that things like innovation and language like sustainable intensification things like food security that language made it into the final final draft is there any form of pesticide reduction in this agreement so one of the targets target seven and without getting into lots of detail uh talks about pesticide risk reduction. So the original text was actually, uh, you know, 50 to at least two thirds of pesticide use reductions yeah. was what was what some countries, uh, particularly from Europe, were pushing for. What ended up being in the final version was reducing pollution risks by 50% through reducing pesticide risks is one of the components. So what that means is we're not talking about use, first of all. We're talking about pesticide risks and we're talking about it in relation to pollution. So the way I describe it is that, you know, if a pesticide is being applied to a field to control a certain pest pressure, that's not pollution. So to me, that's out of scope. What we're talking about here is trying to reduce the amount of unintended, uh, you know, drift or, or offsite movement, those types of things. And those are things that we as an industry support and, I, and I'm sure our grower community does as well. So, um, you know, very positive language. There are some groups that are trying to equate uh, this 50% risk reduction with use reduction, but I, I don't think, uh, well, I know that that's not the language. So yeah. I hope I hope your uh, your listeners don't get too upset by some of those groups trying to make that, that link, which is not the case. Oh, okay, well, I... In prep, you know, thinking about trying to get more of the details on this, I, I saw some of that, some organizations making that connection. That's what was confusing and in, in wanting more detail. So I appreciate you clarifying uh, the, the wording and what the intention is of this. What about 30 for 30 and uh, land use? Do, how, how does that factor in what some of these countries are trying to accomplish by 2030 with, with land? Yeah, so that one's a bit uh, a bit less clear to me. I mean, I, the other thing to remember is that these are global targets. So it doesn't mean that every country has to do everything in there. It's that as a as a as a planet, we're going to try to achieve these things. So the thirty by thirty basically it says that the signatories will agree to to protect thirty percent of the Earth's oceans and land by twenty thirty. So it specifically talks about. Uh, inland waterways, coastal ocean areas, and land, just generally land, 30% under, under protection. So, uh, there, there's a lot of room for scope there, um, in terms of what exactly protection means. There's still, you know, some unanswered questions as to what impact that might have in certain regions, certain countries. But, um, that'll be, you know, hammered out in the, in the coming, uh, coming months and years. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your Agri Weather Forecast on the Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, light snow ending early this afternoon, then mainly cloudy. Blowing snow in outlying areas, wind northwest 40, gusting to 60 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 25. The low, minus 32. The wind chill, near minus 45.
Friday, sunny, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour, the high minus 27, the low minus 31. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 21, 60% chance of evening flurries, and the low minus 22. Sunday, Christmas Day, periods of snow, high minus 9, the low minus 21. Monday, Boxing Day, increasing cloudiness, high minus 12, 30% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 12. Tuesday, cloudy, the high minus 6, 60% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 10. Wednesday, cloudy, the high minus 5. Normal high for this date is minus 10, the normal low minus 22. The sun rose at 8.57 this morning. It sets at 4.57 tonight. And currently around the province, the hot spot is minus 21. In Hudson Bay, the cold spot even further up north, Uranium City at minus 40. Estevan is minus 26, Saskatoon minus 27, Swift Current minus 32, Weyburn minus 26, Yorkton minus 22. Regina cloudy and blowing snow in the district, it's minus 23, that's 9 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 44, gusting to 57. Humidity is 71%, the barometer rising 104.0. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, minus 26. Winds are from the west at 41. Once again, Regina, cloudy, blowing snow. It's minus 23. That's 9 below Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau has announced the fourth and final compensation payment to dairy producers. The compensation payment covers the impact from the trade agreements with the European Union and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Dairy farmers will receive compensation based on their milk quota. For example, the owner of an 80-head dairy farm will receive $38,000 in direct payment. The compensation for this fourth round of payments totals up to $468 million. Producers must register through the Canadian Dairy Commission before the end of March. The federal government recently announced compensation of up to $1.2 billion over six years for the impacts of the Canada-U.S.-Mexico agreement. As of 2024, the owner of a farm with 80 milking cows may receive compensation of about $106,000 in six yearly installments on a declining scale. These funds give producers the flexibility to invest according to individual needs. Federal compensation support to the supply-managed sectors for the three trade deals will reach up to $4.8 billion. Canada's supply-managed dairy industry was a favorite target of former U.S. President Donald Trump. It was one of the key reasons Trump called for the creation of a new NAFTA. At one point during the discussions, the U.S. President even threatened to walk out of Canada's reluctance to budge on dairy. Eventually, Canada agreed to allow more dairy products from the U.S. and Mexico across the border. But the Biden government is accusing Canada of not living up to those agreements. It's again requesting a dispute settlement discussion, saying it's found more areas of deep concern. It's the third time the U.S. has made this request since the deal came into effect in 2020, and each time it's because of dairy. Here's reporter Rod Bain. 
Consultations between the U.S. and Canada have been underway since May on Canada's dairy tariff rate quota allocation measures. Consultations under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement Dispute Settlement Panel. There were 14 different tariff rate quotas, which are agreements by Canada to allow certain volumes of types of dairy products, milk, cream, skim milk powder, butter, etc., into Canada up to a certain level. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack earlier this year noting that dispute centers on Canada not allowing the U.S. opportunity to use TRQ to its full extent to gain market access to our nation's dairy products into our neighbor nation to the north. Now comes word that the U.S. Trade Representative's Office and USDA is requesting new dispute settlement consultations under USMCA, citing the identification of additional concerns about Canada's dairy TRQ and its limiting of U.S. dairy access to that market. That report from Rod Bain. Canada's International Trade Minister, Mary Ng, says she's looking forward to demonstrating how Canada is following all guidelines set out in the new NAFTA. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were showing upward movement during the past week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats compiled this week's market report. Average Saskatchewan feeder prices were all up over the week, except for the heaviest weight category in the heifers. Average prices for steers ranged from 323.88 per hundredweight for the three to 400 pound weight category to 229.25 for the eight to 900 pound category. Prices were up between 595 per hundredweight for the eight to 900 pound category to as much as 1250 over the previous week for the seven to 800 pound category. Saskatchewan feeder heifer prices ranged from 249.10 for the three to 400 pound weight category to 199 for the 800 plus pound category. The largest price increases were in the lower weight heifers where the three to 400 pound weight category increased 1122 per hundred weight. The single price decline was in the eight to 900 pound weight category at 250 per hundred weight down from the previous week. And what were the factors pushing up the feeder cattle prices this past week? Yeah, along with the more limited supply, there seemed to still be a good demand for the last pushes of feeder cattle coming to market for the holiday season, and this supported the stronger price. And we're also seeing there was strength in the deferred live cattle futures and the drop in the Canadian dollar, which also influenced these prices. What were marketings? Cantrax reported Saskatchewan feeder cattle volumes at 13,134 heads sold over the week, which was down from the 18,567 the previous week. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? The Cantrax price for Alberta-fed steers reported on December 16th was 182.98 per hundredweight, and this was down 255 per hundredweight compared to the previous week's price, which was 185.53. Alberta cows were all up over the week as well and the price for D2 slaughter cows increased 272 per hundred weight from the previous week to average 84.80 and the price of D3 cows was up 227 per hundred weight to average 70.60 per hundred weight. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats compiled this week's market. The market updates with Jim Smalley on the source 620 CKRM.
Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for feed barley increased 370 at 356.57. Canola gained 430 at 837.72. One red spring wheat rose 443 at 426.37. The rest unchanged. Durham 496.28. Chickpeas 925.95. Flax 682.98. Lentils 767.50. Oats 254.32, yellow peas 476.89, feed wheat 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for March fell three quarters of a cent at 9.27. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of December the 21st. The pre-sorts are all done for this year, but yesterday we had our last bred cow and bred heifer sale of the year with 320 total head. Had some slaughter cows for sale here. D1, D2 cows, 82 to 88. D3 cows, 68 to 78. Cows are averaging 85 cents. Good bred cows sold from 1750 to 1975. Older type cows were 1250 to 1400. The top pen of bread cows was $2,000 for a pen of black cows. Bread cows were averaging 16 and a quarter. Top pen of bread heifers, $2,075, and they were averaging 18.50. Highlight of the morning for me was my favorite cow, a fancy red roan cow sold for 19.50. The first pre-cert of the new year is Wednesday, January the 11th, 2,000 head consigned so far. That is one of my favorite sales. Our next bread cow and bread heifer sale will be uh, in the new year, Friday, January the 27th. At this time, I would like to thank the staff at Heartland Yorkton. Thank you. A job well done. Greatly appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you all. And a big thank you to all our current customers, new customers, and to all the order buyers. A huge thank you. From our house to your house, wishing you all and your families a joyous Christmas. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,800 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 203 to $216 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,700 head, selling in a range of 201 to $213 per CKG. Hams and red sows this week are down, selling in the range of 34 to 41 cents per pound live wheat. Hemp's cash hog price today is down and four contract prices open mixed this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is up 18 basis points with a daily exchange rate at 1.3621. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 73.26 cents US. Daily US cash prices are lower with the Western Cornwall down 55 cents, National softening 90 cents, and the cutout adjusted variant dropping a dollar one US 108 relative to the previous day. The net value of the cutout pulled back $3.45 in the afternoon report, led by Bellies, which were down $6.96. An updated cold storage report will be published after trading today. This morning's weekly export sales report showed the U.S. shipped 32,410 metric tons of pork, 
which is 12.4 percent higher than the 2022 per week average and confirming that export demand remains strong. A bit of surprise surface in new marketing year net sales commitments, which came in at 58,677 metric tons, the highest one-week volume seen this year. Coming up, the re- this is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Statistics Canada says the number of job vacancies fell by 4.8% in October to their lowest level since August 2021. The agency says the number of job vacancies fell by 44,000 to 871,000 in October. The month-over-month drop came as vacancies in the construction sector fell 17,000 or 20% and administrative and support Waste management and remediation services dropped 11,000 or 19.9%. Stats Canada says no sector recorded a statistically significant increase in its number of unfilled positions, although vacancies remain near record levels in health care and social assistance. The overall job vacancy rate, the number of vacant positions as a proportion of total labour demand, was 4.9% in October, the lowest since June 2021. There were 1.2 unemployed people for every job vacancy in October, up from the low of 1.0 in June, but down from 2.0 in February 2020, just before the pandemic. On the markets today, the TSX has fallen 256 points to 19,314. The Dow has dropped 523 points to 32,852. Oil has gone up one cent at 78.30 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.20 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. And You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.